Hi, I'm Dan Webster, film critic for Spokane Public Radio and blogger for Spokesman.com. And I'm Mary Pat Truthart, part-time film critic, full-time law professor at Gonzaga University School of Law. And I'm Nathan Weinbender, also a film critic for Spokane Public Radio. And welcome to Movies 101, that show that sometimes feels like an endurance test, especially when we find ourselves watching a movie while sitting next to someone whose popcorn munching sounds louder than a wood chipper. And people wonder why we sometimes prefer watching movies in the comforts of our own homes, which is what we did this past week, to settle for that kind of comfort and to watch the Netflix feature Nyad. Based on the exploits of real-life marathon swimmer Diana Nyad, the film stars Annette Bening and Jodie Foster, two actresses who were getting Oscar mention for their performances. We'll debate the virtues, such as they are, of the film, and then we'll run down what we see as the best performances of each actress over the long careers of each. Let's begin, though, by heading to the waters of the Caribbean. That's where Diana Nyad, the marathon swimmer, TV sports commentator, motivational speaker, and, let's be honest, self-promoter, went five different times before completing something that had been done only twice before, the swim from Cuba to Key West, Florida. Co-directed by Elizabeth Chai Vesserhelye and Jimmy Chen, the filmmaking duo responsible for the documentary features Free Solo and The Rescue, Nyad centers on the five attempts that she made between the years 1978 and 2013. In particular, the film focuses on the final four, which came after Nyad turned 60. Annette Bening stars as the title character, and she doesn't hold back in her attempts to capture the real woman's brash, often abrasive personality. Jodie Foster stars as Bonnie Stoll, Nyad's longtime friend who agrees to coach her, and more important, stand by her even when Nyad is at her most caustically obsessive. The film follows in a long line of sports features designed to inspire us, films that Mary Pat classifies lovingly as cheesy sports movies. And it amplifies the drama, creating scenes that never happened, as most Hollywood films do. But the chemistry between Benning and Foster works well, and Reese Ifans is good too, in his supporting role as the real-life navigator John Bartlett. As someone who was a former swimmer, not of this caliber and not in marathon swimming at all, I appreciated most the swimming aspect of this film and the way it was shot. And we'll talk about that a little bit yeah. more later. Throughout, Mary Pat was going, her arms, she's pulling them too much out of the water. <laughs> Never take an expert to a movie. Well, hey, you know, that water safety instructor came out in me. I, I couldn't stop it. But I didn't really know if I would appreciate this movie because it sort of starts out talking about this character. So Nyad, we find out about all her accomplishments. And at the same time, we also slowly discover that she did have a troubled childhood in many respects. Her father was actually her adoptive father, and he keeps telling her that she has this legacy because of their last name, Nyad, you know, these swimming creatures from Greece. And that's really not her ethnicity at all. But we encounter her having learned that even though she had this, you know, illustrious past as a swimming champion, she hasn't been in the water, uh, I think she says, for 30 years. And it seemed improbable that you would completely abandon something that apparently brought you joy but maybe some pain as well. But that's just how this character is. She's sort of all or nothing, and she acknowledges that herself because she decides that she's going to rejuvenate her life and go back and try to do this swim between Cuba and Key West. 
that she was unsuccessful in doing it age 28. And so, of course, everyone thinks that she is really crazy, fanciful. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, but I pulled it back and said fanciful. And it's really the relationship, as you point out, Dan, between her and her best friend that makes this movie work. Because Jodie Foster was terrific. I mean, Annette Benning has all of the makeup and all of the sort of heavy lifting to do. But in the end, it's their relationship and Jodie Foster's realistic character portrayal that makes this work. Well, you know, I don't think that these kinds of movies, you know, ones that are based on real people that are still alive and potentially participating in the production of said movies. I don't think they're inherently better when they stick to the truth or worse when they make things up. But I think this movie, Nyad, is just another example of one of these kinds of movies sidestepping a much more morally complicated story about a very contentious public figure to deliver what I think is a pretty anodyne and ultimately kind of self-serving biopic because we should mention that Diana Nyad and the movie makes like one passing reference to this, but she has a long, long history of stretching the truth and just outright fabricating things from her past. This particular swim that's depicted in the movie is very controversial amongst marathon swimmers. And so I feel like a movie about that could have been really fascinating and troubling and still inspirational. And yet that's not the kind of movie Nyad is trying to be. And so I read a whole article about this that was a million times more interesting and gave me a lot more thought than this movie did. I'm sorry to say. Well, that's fair. It's on the decider if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's fair. As I said, it is the relationship between Bonnie Stahl and Diana Nyad, played by Jodie Foster and Annette Bening, respectively, that works here. And I love there's one scene where Diana says she does not want a birthday party. She doesn't want anybody to celebrate, you know, this birthday and so forth. And some of us, when we say that, we really mean it. <laughs> but we somehow know that Bonnie. That's her saying, uh, throw me a birthday party. Right, yeah. exactly. And so I like those little moments of connection yeah. that we see repeatedly. And also the cinematography, the underwater cinematography, I thought was spectacular. See, and that's to me where this movie kind of doesn't ultimately work for me because I did not find the swimming scenes particularly effective. I think Because? Well, I think there's a reason we haven't gotten a lot of movies about swimming. <laughs> I don't know if it's that visually interesting of a sport because it is so repetitious. Well, look and at the also, Olympics. People like to watch swimming. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Maybe, but not, there's for, also, maybe not for 53 hours. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem. And also, I think this movie uses a lot of not very good CGI to try and give a little flair to those scenes. There's one moment in particular where she's having kind of a hallucination about the Taj Mahal that is just dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just yeah, looks bad that and that dumb works. and that yeah, doesn't yeah. It doesn't all work. But I do have to agree with you, not to be too mean about this movie that I didn't particularly like because I also don't think I'm in the target demo for this movie, but I agree with you about the scenes between the two women. It's the kind of dynamic we don't see in movies very often between these two queer women that have had a relationship in the past and are still very, very close between two middle-aged women, sort of this platonic relationship, but it's a love story at the same time. And the two performances, I agree, especially <laughs> Jodie Foster, are really good. Thank you for calling people in their 60s middle-aged. Anytime. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Look, life expectancy is getting longer and longer, yeah. Dan. Look, I want to push back a little bit. I think that Nyad, the film, 
doesn't at all shortchange the caustic characteristics no. of the real life person. And, and it could easily have done yes, so. Yes, that's true. I mean, and particularly since one of the producers, one of the people that depend upon to make the movie is Nyad herself. Yeah. And I thought Benning would perfectly captured that. Second of all, whatever the problems were with the swim, first of all, there were no rules when she did. Those rules all came later. And second of all, no matter what, whether somebody touched her, whether however she broke the, the rules. Yes, whatever. Yeah. She jumped in the water in Cuba and she came out of the water in Cuba. Well, she made the swim. And I'm not saying without a shark. And cage. I'm not saying that it isn't inspirational. Yeah. I'm just saying that all of those details, including yeah, exactly. the ones about her inflating her own past, make her even more interesting as a character. And by yeah, you... softening, they don't soften all the edges. I will grant you that. But by softening those edges, I think they're missing out on a lot more stuff. Well, here. and but the obviously, one I know they. The can't one get thing into we haven't it. talked yeah. about in terms of her history was she was one of those girls early on because you know she came of age in a different era who was sexually abused by her coach. Yeah. And, and they talk about it in the movie. Right. And so mm-hmm. she has these flashbacks at various points about that. And I thought integrating that into the story made sense. I mean, maybe they could have done something different with it, but I thought it made sense. I also liked the fact that they focused on some of the minutiae that takes place if you have to be involved in running a marathon or doing a swim of this type. She has this soundtrack in her head that she's memorized, so she's not wearing any headphones or whatever, but she has these complete playlists that she has set in advance. I also like the details of, here are the kinds of suits you have to wear. Here's how we keep sharks away from yeah. you. All of those details, yeah. that's where you can see the documentarians behind the camera. And those two details th- are And two are things we haven't talked about. We haven't really talked about Reese Ifans, who yeah. I thought was really good as yeah, John Bartlett. But the other thing, too, is this was made by two documentary filmmakers, two very good documentary filmmakers. And at least for me, it was an indication that they have a future as narrative filmmakers. Yeah. I mean, I think in the story, the one thing that concerned me is they never explained why was this group of people willing to gather together? Yeah. Uh, Even with the fundraising that took place, they were not getting compensated for their time. But I guess it was this whole like team, you know, because they really loved Naya because she was so sweet to them. (laughs) Yeah, I think that was it. That was it. Oh, man. And that was our discussion of the Netflix feature, Nyad. This is Movies 101, and it's time to take a short break. Before we go, remember that you can access podcasts of Movies 101 by going online at SpokanePublicRadio.org. While that, check out the individual reviews that Nathan and I write. Don't do it now, though, because we'll be right back to discuss our choices of the best performances delivered in the long careers of Annette Bening and Jodie Foster. You're listening to Movies 101 on Spokane Public Radio. And we're back. This is Movies 101, and I'm your host, Dan Webster. During the first half of the show, Mary Pat Truthart, Nathan Weinbender, and I discussed the Netflix streaming feature, Nyad, which stars Annette Bening as the marathon swimmer Diana Nyad and Jodie Foster as her best friend and coach, Bonnie Stoll. In this half, we're going to take a closer look at the long careers of the two actresses and assess what we each consider to be their best performances. Let's begin with Bening. 
Well, I'm going to start talking about, so she has this career that begins in the 1990s, for example, and then there's this gap at various points because, oh, she is a mom of four kids. And so I think that as a practical matter, that took time out of her opportunity to act. Also being married to Warren Beatty, don't you think she was like taking second seat to his career? I hope not. Yeah, I hope not, too, especially yeah. because they made quite a few movies together. Right. But my first recollection of a superior performance by Annette Bening was in The Grifters. Of course. Which is one of my favorite films anyway. You know, get off the grift, Roy. You don't have the stomach for it or whatever. Um, yeah. So Angelica Houston. Um, John Cusack. Yeah, John Cusack. And so she really did make an impression on me at that time. Especially with those other two people. I mean, you know, she could have been just the third wheel. And yeah. Yeah. And she'd only been in a couple movies before The Grifter. She was mostly a Broadway actor, which is where she cut her teeth on the stage. But I rewatched The Grifters because I hadn't seen it in a really long time, maybe since like I rented it on VHS years ago. And I think it holds up really well. It's Mm. based on a Jim Thompson novel. So it has this really you know, kind of hard-boiled, heightened style because the book was written in the 60s and the movie was made in the 90s and it's set sometime in between. You're not really sure, but everyone kind of talks like they're in, you know, an old Sam Spade movie, mm. which could fail horribly. But those three performances, especially well, Angelica and Houston Freer's and Annette Bening. Yeah, Stephen Frears back when he was at the top of his game. Yeah. But I think the thing about those performances is they're all kind of animalistic in a way. And Annette Benning has to be this kind of lithe, slinky, sort of femme fatale, question mark. Yeah. Uh, but she also has to be convincing as someone who could easily just turn around and knife you. Because yeah. She's dangerous as well, well. And I think one of the things that we're going to talk about, I assume, as we move through the filmology of both of these actors is the directors that they've worked with because they are some of the top directors living today and working today. And so I would bring up in terms of Annette Benning, of course, I remember her from American Beauty as well, Sam Mendes's film. And so she plays what could have been more of a stock character. So she's the wife of the Kevin Spacey character. But I remember some of the scenes in which she sort of was playing, trying to figure out what her place was in this world. I still think of the scene where she's trying to get the house ready for the open house. She says, I will sell this house today. I will sell this house today. You know, I want to jump in because I've never been a big fan of hers. From the grifters, I thought, this woman is going to have a major career. And I think a lot of the films after that, she played pretty much the same kinds of characters. And maybe it was because she reminds me of my older sister and we (laughs) never got along very well. So maybe that was it. But I did happen to like her in two movies that came, one in 2010, The Kids Are All Right by Lisa Cholodenko and 20th Century Women, written and directed by Mike Mills in 2016. I thought her character there was a little bit, there's something realistic about her being a woman in a certain way in one, she's in a lesbian relationship. And in the other, she's the mother of this kid and can't let her little man go. And I thought she was totally believable in both those. But I have to say, The Grifters, it begins and ends for me with Annette Benning with The Grifters. And you stole my favorite because I think she's never been better than she is in 20th Century Women. And I went back and looked. I thought for sure she had been Oscar nominated for that movie, and she was not. And the fact that that year Meryl Streep was nominated for Florence Foster Jenkins, no. I think we could have <laughs> yeah, looted that agree. performance Substitute. and given Annette Substitute. a slot because yeah, she's and fantastic. I, I appreciate in that. her. I mean, you mentioned her performing with Warren Beatty and Bugsy. 
also, I mean, she was in Mars Attacks and <laughs> yeah. being Julia. Mm. And so I think that the American know, president. Like, yeah. yeah the now, American I have to yeah. say, I just couldn't quite stomach going to see Jerry and Marge go large. So that I did was the see most that. recent one that. with you, Brian Cranston. So how you, was it? You made a good choice. In okay. No, no, okay. And we need to point out that she's been nominated four times for the Oscars. And yeah. she's never won. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, let's move to Jodie Foster. And let's get this right out of the way. Okay. <laughs> Top Jodie Foster has to be Silence of the Lambs. 1992 yeah. with Anthony Hopkins, directed by Jonathan Demme. One of the great, great films of all time, even though it is a genre film. And her performance as this kid from West Virginia who's trying to be in the FBI and who's the chosen student of the character played by uh, Scott Glenn. At any rate, she's amazing in that movie. Amazing. And I have to say, the last time I watched Silence of the Lambs, of course, Hannibal Lecter is the iconic character that everyone remembers. But I have to say that rewatching it, I thought, you know, this movie doesn't work if you don't have that Jodie Foster exactly. performance. It's such a good piece of acting that you almost don't notice mm-hmm. how beautifully she's acting. And I also wanted to call it a movie that I think is similar in theme to Silence of the Lambs, although it couldn't be more different, which is the Robert Zemeckis film Contact from 1997. Yes, yes. Because that's another film in which Jodie Foster has to play this woman in a male-dominated field who's trying to prove her expertise and is constantly looked down at. And it turns out that she is right about the existence of extraterrestrials, and she's the one that's going to get these signals back to Earth. And the thing that's so challenging about that performance is that she has to be believable as this person that knows all of these things that most of us in the audience Mm -hmm. don't know. And she's completely believable at all times. You know, she just communicates so much intelligence and almost world weariness, even Mm -hmm. though I think she was only like in her 30s when she made that movie. But she'd been around for so long as an actor that maybe she kind of comes with that baggage that we just recognize her and trust her in well in a lot of and ways. of course we have to go back to her performance in taxi driver oh well, sure um because when you were saying the first performance we need to talk about of course it was silence of the lambs but that would be the second one so yeah. she had already been in alice doesn't live here anymore but that was really her introduction i think to film or that i remember she'd her. been in a couple oh, small my, things my god she goes back to when she was eight nine years old she goes the little girl who uh, lived down the lane. Uh, oh, Freaky that was from Friday. 76. Yeah, You're right. Exactly. Okay. I mean, she, yeah. that's the thing we have to talk about when we talk about Jodie Foster is that she is one of those few actors who began as a child star yeah. and who became a longtime career person and a two-time Oscar winner. We have to right, mention that. Right, right. And the other thing is, Dan, you and I are going to differ about this because I know you did not like this film, but I thought her performance in The Accused playing a woman who was gang raped was memorable. I mean, she just sort of captured everything that would happen for someone who had been subjected to that sort of violence. And that won her first Academy Award. Right. Obviously, Sounds of the Lambs won her the second. And I just also have to call out Panic Room from 2001, the David Fincher film. We just talked about Fincher's new film last week. But I think that's a movie that is, again, you could argue second tier Fincher. Yeah. But the performances, I mean, the cast in that movie is great. Kristen but, Stewart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Jodie Foster... 
again, brings this level of gravitas and believability to a premise that could have become unhinged and totally unbelievable right away. And yet you're totally with her right from the beginning. Well, and a recent film in which she starred, and it's kind of a biopic, but it's broader than that, is The Mauritanian. Um, She played this attorney, Nancy Hollander. And maybe it's just because I admire the plot about detainees in Gitmo and, you know, what they were trying to accomplish in terms of dealing with torture. And it was a cheesy lawyer film in some respects (laughs) with a very serious subject involved as well. I think she won a Golden Globe for that, too. Yeah. Well, I have to mention one film on her resume that did not work for me at all. And yet she got an Academy Award nomination for it. And that was for the 1995 film Nell. (laughs) I think, you know, I did not even have that on my list. Every actor has something on their resume that is a stinker. And, you know, I'm sure some of the film criticism. (laughs) Oh, yeah, exactly. Days of Thunder. Should we bring that up again? Three stars, Dave. (laughs) Three stars. Yes, exactly. I just thought that was a terrible role. I mean, but it was another case of a really good actor trying to play someone who's emotionally or developmentally disabled, emotionally disturbed. And it doesn't work. Wild child. Exactly. It just uh, I, I, did not work for me. I want to throw out a couple of deep cuts here because we've talked about all of her, you know, high profile movies, the Jodie Foster filmography. I want to throw out 1980s Foxes, which was directed by Adrian Foxes, Lyons. Yes, it's wow. her and a bunch of other teenagers. Cherry Curry from The Runaways is in that movie. <laughs> and it's one of those, do you know where your children are? It's 1 a.m. kind of right. movies. But it's got a grittiness and an authenticity to it. And then 2004, Jean-Pierre Junet's film, A Very Long Engagement, a French language film starring Audrey Tattoo. And then halfway through the movie, she out shows comes up, Jodie right. Foster in a couple scene cameo speaking fluent, believable French. Mm. Now, that's something I didn't know she could do, and so I got to hand it to her. I like when an actor holds one of their superpowers in check and then just throws it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think we're going to go back, and if we're going to pick the top two, the grifters for Annette Bening, Silence of the Lambs for Jodie Foster. Beyond that, good careers for both of them with really a lot of good stuff, but... At any rate, it's time to wrap things up. This is Movies 101, and I'm Dan Webster. Earlier in the show, Nathan Weinbinder, Murray Pat Truthart, and I discussed the Netflix feature, Nyad. Let's take this moment to thank Cassie Fox for both producing and engineering the show. And we thank you to our loyal listeners. We invite you back next week, same time, same spot on the radio dial, when we'll again check out all the best that cinema has to offer wherever we can find it. Until then, consider these words of humility from none other than Diana Nyad herself. Am I embarrassed to have inflated my own record when my record is pretty good on its own? Yeah, it makes me cringe. You're listening to Movies 101 on Spokane Public Radio. The Movies 101 podcast is made possible by the members of Spokane Public Radio. Become a member at spokanepublicradio.org. Thanks for listening to Movies 101.